Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Okay, welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast. I'm Dr. Sonny Spiris, still sitting in for Drew Burns. As you know that Drew has been getting a lot of pressure about returning, and uh, he's been very resistant, but that's another story. All right, today I'm very, very excited and happy. I have two guests that I am personally familiar with. One we've had on the show before. The other, it's his first time with us. Two, uh, it's a dynamic duo working with them, and in full disclosure, I have worked with both Roger and Steve, and I have been very pleased with the results, very pleased with the process and enjoyed every step of it. So not many people can say that about doing business things, right? Can enjoy the process. So Roger Levin, you all know, uh, you know, world renowned author, he's authored more articles for I think dental economics than anybody on the planet, and continues in his written books. And he's in the process of doing a video book. And he'll tell us probably a little bit about that. But his his partner in this is Steve Pospisil, who was also a consultant in the Levin Group, and he came up into our practice, and we had a wonderful time working with both of them. So let's start with Steve. Steve, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sonny. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right; it was it was such a blast coming up to, to work with you and your team. It, it really a, a very memorable experience. Yeah, and, and you you said it. It was a, it's just a lot of fun doing this kind of work, and and you certainly participated in that and made that a blast. So thanks. It's great to be with you this morning. Thanks, Steve. And Roger, a old friend, how are you? Uh, Sonny, I am fantastic. And uh, that was a nice introduction. And I, I'll say that you fit and a lot of your team fit what I really enjoy in my work. Because the only criterion I have in wanting to work with someone is that they have desire. You know, we've worked with so many practices and consulting since 1985 and big practices, small practices, solo practices, group practices. And the one commonality that I enjoy so much, and I think is actually a factor in success is just having a desire. So I really thank you for these podcasts and inviting us. And it's a, it's just a pleasure to work with you again. My pleasure. So I think our topic today is, is very simple, strategic planning and off air before we started, we talked about 
you know, breaking it into three different parts. But the one thing I thought was interesting, and I'd like to hear both of your takes on this because you're both experts in this area, is I think a lot of dentists don't necessarily call themselves strategic planners or even quantify it. But I think they think in terms, okay, I have some goals and people put numbers in different areas. And then there are other people like, no, let's just make sure we take care of the people and the patients and our team and everything. And, you know, I, I think strategic planning, I think goes on, but it doesn't necessarily get attention as such. What, what, what's been your experience with that? Steve, why don't you start? Happy to. And I, and I think, I think you're absolutely right. The one thing I've really recognized in working with so many dentists directly on their practices now is that they they do they're they're constantly thinking about what's next. What do I want to be doing with my practice, with my team? I, I think that goes on. You're right, but unlike you know traditional business people, they're 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 producing. They're working all day. Their their jobs are are not managerial and st and strategic thinking. So the challenge that they have in getting all of these thoughts and strategies actually implemented is getting the discipline around that, finding the times. How do, how do I structure this? How do I make it get, how do I make it real? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think you're dead on. I, I agree with you hundred percent that they they know where they want to go when some, you know, they think about it a lot because they're really focused on it. it the, their practice is their is their life in, 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 in most respects. So they really have to, the, the energy is there, the desire is there. It's it's getting the discipline and the process in place that really is the challenge for most dentists. They start losing the forest from the trees, right? So so Roger, what's your take? Well, I think Steve, Steve said it really well. So I'll go to a uh, very practical level. I, I think that there, I've been doing a lot of work, Sonny, on the concept of four stages of the entrepreneurial practice. I think there are four different stages a practice can go through. And not to get into detail now, but at each stage, I am finding in the work I'm doing, because I'm really fascinated by this, many dentists stay in their current stage far too long, and all, very few dentists ever make it to stage four. And I think there are three reasons for that that strategic planning can help to overcome. First is the question, what should I do? You know, if, if, if you don't know what to do and you, and you have not, you don't know someone who's done it that can help you, or you haven't read the book or whatever, then you sit back and you wait a long time to figure out well, what should I do? And usually many dentists decide what to do when the pain gets big enough. You know, that's when we hire the next assistant. That's when we move the office. That's when we get the associate. The second factor is, okay, I, I kind of know what to do, but how do I do it? And I think how is the most paralyzing word in the English language. Strategy is creating a future without knowing exactly how you're going to get there. And then you, then you work on defining the how. So, and then the third piece is dentists, and I'm one, you're one, Sonny, we're often very paranoid uh, people. We, we, we don't like to take a lot of risks. So we wait too long to make certain decisions. And Analysis then sometimes those, yeah. And Analysis sometimes those opportunities, else, right? yeah. or, or they're gone. So strategy gives you a very clear map of where you're going, when you should do things. And it's amazing how well these plans turn out. 
You know what's funny is because I'm a I I I that's one of my greatest faults is I I I don't I, I I'm all over the place and um and I I like to think I'm a big thinker you know that I I don't concern myself with the details right and uh, that's my excuse for not paying attention sometimes to those little details. Uh, <laughs> The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. But I think one of the pleasures of doing this, and we'll, we'll get into some of it, but one of the one of the results that I saw as a as a person who's done this was it really clarified a lot of things, and I have found now going back over the last, well, two years, essentially, and referring to it, is it really strengthens everything. And there's so many times you just go back to it. You just go, oh, listen, this, this fits in. You know, this is exactly what we talked about. This, and, and it didn't change who we were. That's the beauty of it. Or it doesn't change any of the things. It just helps us become, or at least appear to be much more organized and much more of one train, you know, like the train is going and everybody is, you know, and everybody or, or the boat is going and everybody's rowing in the same direction. And it's, it's, it's very nice. And then when other people ask you other dentists, oh, I can answer them. Hey, here, here's my, here's, you know, here's our, here's our vision statement. Here's our mission statement. Here's our, you know, our core values and the core values and, and, and just reinforcing them is sound. It sounds corny, but honestly, God, it's the smartest thing we've ever done. So so let's talk. Why strategic planning? Who wants to start with that one? Why strategic planning? Go ahead, Steve. Oh, what? Uh, the cliche answer is why not? You know, it's it's right. really a matter of just you, you, strategic planning answers the three kind of basic questions that anybody who's really serious about a business or their business or their practice is going to want to answer. You know, they want to know, they want to know where they are now, they want to know where they're going, and they want to know how to get there. Sonny, you just said, and dead on, you know, if having a map, having a plan is light years different from trying to, from knowing where you are and where you want to go, and how you're going to get there, it's having a plan is the only way to do. I mean, there's, there is that old cliche, you know, if, uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will any road will take you there or some version of that. I never get that one exactly right. So that is really the core reason of why strategic planning. You know, it, it, it gives you the roadmap, the plan, and it, it also it puts the, the focus of everybody because you, you can't you're not going to get to your strategic plan alone. Ninety nine percent of us. You know, we all need other people working with us, and you know, we we don't have the time to constantly be refreshing and reminding them. So, if everybody's working off the same playbook, everybody has that plan that they've all agreed to, then it it lays the whole thing out. So that for me, that's really what I see as being you know wise you know wise strategic planning, and and that's been many times, Roger. You know, I know you've seen that and you've said that many, many times in our company. You know, you you drive our company the same way. So I, I'm confident I didn't go anywhere. You're not gonna you're you're not gonna say this that sounds right too. I love well, I love I love the one comment you just said, the same playbook. I'm I'm gonna remember that for a while. Rog, you're up. Well, I, I think uh, again, uh, Steve's answering these questions. These are great questions, Sonny. Thank you. Um the truth is that, and we haven't said this yet today, 
strategic planning shows you the future. The question that I start with in all strategic planning is where do you want to be in five years? And then it's a very definitive process that I'm sure we'll talk about to get there. The I have never been involved in strategic planning for a dental office and we have different teams that do it, but I, I enjoy doing some of these myself. Steve and I are part, we always work with two people, so Steve and I are partners together when we do these. And I've never been involved in one that didn't end up revealing what has to be done to get to where that doctor or team wanted to be in five years. The process makes it happen. So strategic planning is an age-old business requirement. Most, comp most good companies go through this every single year. They either build their new plan, they update the plan. But if you can't answer the question, where do you want to be in five years, and in detail, then you need to go through a strategic planning process. Okay. Yeah, it's funny, because now I'm thinking, what was my five-year thing? <laughs> I, do know, I do know the general direction. Like that, for us, it was really very clarifying that, because I think People look and they, like from the outside, oh my goodness, you have five offices and this and this. if it happened, I can tell you this by accident, not by design. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there were, but you know, also now the, the, the contra, contra side of that was these things, how did we make them fit into who we were was the fun part. That was the creativity part. That was the making the pieces of the puzzle match and, and how does it, you know, fit, but was everybody on the same playbook? You know, that's, that was interesting. And, and now as we look to the future, we kind of have a pretty clear thought. So if there's another practice and someone wants to do something, we will look at it, but we look at it with very clear eyes as to how it fits in our plan. So I, I appreciate that. So let's talk about the house now. How do you do that? How do you go about doing this? Well, Sonny, I'd like to react to what you just said. And that does go to the question of how do you do it? Uh, but before we get into the process, I love what you said. So many opportunities come by and we call it an accident. The fact that the opportunity appeared may be accidental. The fact that you acted on it was not. And if, I, if my memory serves, you ended up with 21 strategies over five years, big ones that had to be accomplished. I won't go into any details. Um, so you had this plan, you had 21 strategies, you had a timeline, you knew what to do. And then that's when an opportunity comes by and you can take advantage of it in mm -hmm. the best way. If you don't have any strategic planning and an opportunity emerges out of nowhere, such as a practice where you can buy the patients or someone who wants to merge in or yep. somebody who wants to buy you, you don't have a frame of reference to make a good decision. So uh, even though there are fantastic accidents, you acted upon them because you had a very well thought out, organized plan along the way. And even though we may have been the first time you ever had a written plan, uh, I, my guess is, Sonny, you've been doing strategic planning <laughs> from from the very beginning. So. Yeah, you know, I got, I, you would think yeah. so. You think I'd be smart enough to do that, but I swear yeah. to goodness, I, I I probably did not. So, um, but you're right. And and the other part about, and we will get, and we talk about the house, and and you you bring that up is the is the uh, the list, right? And then the most important thing for us has really been datelines and, and, and you know, it's, what, it's your definition of a goal, right? Difference from a goal and a wish, yep. right? Is, you know, deadline, accountability, and, you know, et cetera. So that's something right. that's been fun. And it's hard because you're right. 
and, and Steve, you said it as a dentist, you have to, you're the machine, you're the machine that produces. So you have to be, you know, you have to be the machine, but you also have to be the person that runs the machine. So that means the mechanics, you know, the gas, the reef, you know, the oil, the maintenance and all that stuff that's on you too. Now you might have people in, in various roles that help you, but you have to work like on your practice, not just in your practice. And that's a huge entity. So I couldn't agree more. So let, let's get into the house. How do you do this? So Steve, I'll kick off with a quick statement and then you can start to describe it. So the way we do it, first of all, Sonny, there are a thousand different ways to do strategic planning. Mm -hmm. And anybody listening to this, you can go online and you can pick a method that's online and you can go do your own. Um, and as I said to many people, because I think we may be the only consulting firm, I'm not sure about this, that does pure strategic planning as one of our services in, in addition to management and marketing. And I've said to many people, they're far better strategic planners than we are. Uh, you know, they're, they're at Harvard Business School and top you know, firms. I said, I think what we bring to the table is we understand dentistry. So you can do this on your own if you want to give it a shot. It's just hard to be objective on your own. So here's the part I wanted to talk about. We have a workbook. Sonny, you may remember we sent you the workbook. And we, and we probably said to you, don't look at it. But if you do, you're just going to see a lot of blank pages anyway with a little bit of, of type. So the workbook represents a process. And I'm a process-driven person. We're, a, we're, a syst we're all about systems. Everything we do at Levin Group is about a system. We have a strategic planning system, scheduling system, customer service system. You know, Sonny, you and I have talked about all these things so many times. And uh, strategic planning is not sitting around with some other people thinking a bunch of stuff up that goes nowhere. It's a literal process. And I'm just going to mention, Steve, and then you can take over with where we start. Um, the most important thing to me is that the endpoint of the strategic plan is a very clear plan with timelines, deadlines, and responsible parties for every strategy, so that I believe that that practice can go off and really do it. And that's the important thing. Many people come up with strategies, but they don't act on it. They don't move forward. They're paranoid. Will it work? Should I spend the money? Strategic planning answers all those questions. So Steve, do you want to talk about our workbook? Absolutely. I'm happy to. And, and as Roger said, just to reinforce this, there are lots of different approaches to strategic planning um, that are available that are, you know, the different philosophies and theories about doing it. But the, the, the process that, you know, I know Ro that I came into a living group that Roger had developed for, for dental practices um, really starts at the, uh, I think, at the right place. And we can, you're going to end up, as Roger said, getting down specific strategies with accountability. But if you don't start at the very beginning, and it's worth the time and effort, Sonny, you mentioned this, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes ago. Really, the first step in this is to make sure that the practice ownership, the leadership of the practice, and then subsequently the team understand what their core values really are as a practice. Many that most many people are going to say we know our core values. You know, they're they're kind of just they're there. They're they're infiltrated in everything. But you have to stop when you're doing strategic planning and and document them just just to make sure everybody's on the same page. I can't every time we do this process you get the same reaction. We all know what they are. But then when you ask everybody what they are, 
there's discussion, debate, disagreement um, that is very, very, very fruitful for not only the team dynamics, but to get the strategic plan off on the right foot. Um, and so you got to start with figuring out core values. And core values are things like, and there, many of us have the same core values, integrity, honesty. You know, I, I, Roger, you say this a lot. I, you know, I, you can Google the you know, core values and you will get just a, a, a countless numbers of them. And they're all, they're all legitimate. Uh, many of them, we, we share a lot as, as humans in our society, we share a lot of core values. And in this profession, it even narrows those core values down. So the practice really needs to determine what those are. And that is the first step in a strategic planning process. Uh, from there, you know, you know, Roger, we go into looking, just reaffirming with the mission and how those core values impact the mission of the practice and the vision for the practice. But we don't typically, you know, take the time to really go out and write a mission and a vision statement at that point in time, because the practice may have one, may not. If they need one, then the core value discussion is really going to inform us as we try to craft a, a, you know, a mission and a vision for the practice. I will say the core value when we did that, you're right. You know, you kind of, oh, we, we, of course we know what it is. And I, I've had people that I've talked to in Dennis one-on-one and they're like, well, you know, and I've talked about some of this and they're like, well, it's, you know, so I've, I'll, I'll send them what our core values are and they'll, they'll copy things. And I'm like, no, no, man, this has got to come from, this has got to come from inside your, inside your, your, your gut. And it's got to have the people that are key people in your practice input because one of the most, I, I, just, 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 just describe to you what the feeling was inside of us while we were doing this was beyond, I, I, don't, I can't put words to it, but I just remember there was a feeling amongst the group that, wow. And, and we, weren't, we weren't inventing time travel, right? <laughs> we weren't, you know, splitting an atom. We were talking about something we do every day that is just in our DNA. And how it becomes progressive dental's, you know, core values. And then the discussion of without anybody feeling bad about their idea, okay, your idea didn't make it up the ladder, didn't get to the to top five or six and above the line, below the line, you know, all that conversation, that's where the magic happens, in my opinion. And then when you walk away from it, it's just in your bloodstream now. And, and you know, it's, it's really, it, and it just sounds corny. But it is what it is, and it absolutely it's absolutely powerful. So I agree, hundred percent. So your core values, your mission statement. Are there any other how how to parts that you want to discuss? Well, oh, quick, 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 quick uh, final comment on core values. In the nineteen eighties, core values and mission statements were this radical breakthrough in business thinking. <laughs> now everybody's heard of core values. Everybody's heard of mission statements. But a couple things people should know. So, Sonny, you may remember we sent you an article. Uh, we sent out an article to read on the subject prior to the meeting so you have a sense of what it's all about. You don't want to have more than four to six core values. We have practices that come in for consulting, and they have 22 core values. You know, Nobody can remember them. It's, it's more public relations. Your core values need to be real. They are so real that they will never, ever change. If you really think about it, Sonny, 
the core values you all established in that meeting will never change as, as long as you're with the practice, I have no doubt. And the mission statement is a statement of purpose. It's a rallying point for the team. It will also never change. Good times, bad times, pandemic, knowing your values and mission get you through and help you to build. So the next step after that mission and core values, Steve, is identifying the, the really just some of the visionary thoughts at that point, just throw them up on the board. Because when you ask someone a question, you start to get answers. I know it sounds funny, but if I said to any dentist, do you know where you want to be in five years? The answer is really no. You know, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm trying to finish up 2021, hope for a better 2022. Uh, same thoughts we have every year. And you know, on the other hand, if I if I simply said to a dentist, well, tell me where you think you want to be in five years, they start coming up with answers. So we go through what's called a vision exercise. This isn't the strategic planning yet, because the next section is uh, maybe the most critical of them all. But we do take the time to list out general thoughts you have five years. Sonny, do you want to have five practices or seven practices? Do you want to have two new partners? Do you want to have, where do you want your production to be? We ask you questions like, what's going to make you happy? What what do you want your life to look like? How, how does your personal life meld with the practice life? Who's on your team? And all these questions play a major role in simply coming up with a general list of here's generally what I would like to look like five years from now. And when you really start asking the questions and writing these things up on, on the board, so to speak, uh, it really opens people's eyes. I call them light bulb moments. I, I see so many light bulb moments, moments over and over during the process. It, it's so exciting to me to see people get those breakthroughs. So, there, so there's really an ulterior, Roger, that, you know, there's really an ulterior motive for that, for this step in the process, which Roger just described, which is this vision exercise. It, it's, it's to do two things. One, it's to let that <clears throat> release valve go on the practice team where, you know, if, if they've taken this process seriously and, and really want to give this the effort, as you said, Sonny, you, you know in your head kind of where you want to be in five years. We got to get that out onto a piece of paper before we start into the next stage of the exercise, because that allows everybody to get all that up on, get, get the juices flowing, so to speak, and everybody thinking, you know, knowing that this is really where we're going. We're going to look strategically, not practically. This isn't, you know, how do we deal with this insurance company that just changed the code and won't, isn't reimbursing? This is not day-to-day -day tactical stuff. We got to get everybody thinking out there, five years. And to do that, as Roger just mentioned, it's it's a, it's a little it's a trigger exercise. Get these all on a sheet of paper, and then we're going to get down. Now that our brains are released and we can think that way, now we're going to get down to the next phase of this process, which is really where the rubber meets the road. So, I'm I'm sorry to use all those cliches, but it's really where we get started doing the work. Well, I do remember the part of the five-year goals. I said, I want to have three kids and we put it up there and then my wife divorced me the next day. So that was another story. So, you know. <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. No, 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 no. But you know, it, you're right. You know, I don't remember the techniques, but you know, the, and you, you bring that up, but I do remember there was a lot of introspection. And the fun part for me was there's myself, 
there's my my main partner Brian, and then there's my son who's somewhat really new to the to the uh, process, but his perspective from myself and then Mike, our CFO, and Lisa, our 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 head manager who runs the show, was let's look and listen. And, you know, it was very interesting to get that and, and to get that kind of that um, that influx, you know, that El Nino effect, that just that influx of differences, but different perspectives. And it does create a very nice platform to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Sonny, it's interesting. I've seen uh, you have a fantastic family. We've had dinner with them, mm-hmm. uh, which I really enjoy. And I would tell you that I, I've seen partnerships or family partnerships in the practice not make it. And if if everyone who has a family member, for example, or a partner would go through strategic planning together, I think it's one of the best things you can do to understand each other and go forward uh, in lockstep rather than just letting nature take its course and then somebody's unhappy. So, you know, your son's fantastic. I. I, I, he, he added a lot to the strategic planning because here's somebody saying, well, wait a minute, I'm not you guys. I don't necessarily think I want exactly what you want. Right. I'm early in practice. I may not know what I want, but this is my chance to help, help figure it out and work together with you to get it right. And it got him to think beyond the here and now for him. This, mm-hmm. If this is your future, you're a part of molding your future. You know, I mean, to me, there's nothing greater in dentistry than being able to, you know, my joke is, you know, if I'm going to go down the toilet, my hands on the flusher, there's nothing greater than to have that ability to control that. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my feeling. And some people are afraid of it, but yeah, it's just, to me, it's like, it's invigorating, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so that, the how to, are we still going? Uh, oh yeah. That, well, that next step in the process is, gets, it does kind of, this is the longest phase of the whole process typically because mm-hmm. we're going to now we start into the into the meat of it and look at what's called a, a SWOT analysis, S W O T, mm-hmm. uh, versus the old television show that um, that we all used to <laughs> maybe we watch the world and with the theme yeah, song and right. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can do all uh, uh, 1980s and 90s TV themes. Uh, theme there you song, go. Right? So the SWOT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's a it's a tool that businesses have been using for yes. a, a while, but it's very valuable to this process. And we and we go through a process with the team and each one, one at a time. Let's let's list out the practices strengths. Let's list out their weaknesses. Let's list out our opportunities and let's list out our threats. And it, really, just to take two seconds to describe those a little bit, you know, strengths. And weaknesses are internal. These sound similar. Strength sounds like an opportunity, but it's really not. So we have to define what a strength is. That's an internal strength. A weakness is an internal weakness. An opportunity is an external strength or something that's external that's a positive. And a threat is something that's external that's a negative. So we take the time and it it can take hours to work through that these four areas, uh, and and we have a process for that. Roger, you know, you you develop this with you know for the dental team process. Yeah, that's talk about if you could how we go into each one of those. 
Yeah, it's my favorite part of the entire process. And I want to just state again, and I'll, I'll remind along the way, if you follow the process, you will always get a result. You'll get your strategies in line, deadlined for five years. And if you follow the strategies, you'll probably get pretty close to where you want to go. So the SWOT analysis, I love it because we take them one at a time. We do, first we work on strengths. We, everybody lists out the practice strengths. And then the discussion, the debate, the, the, it's fantastic, absolutely phenomenal. And then we select only the top five. So there could be 25 of them listed. We pick five. And we do the same thing for weaknesses. And that's where eyes start opening, when everybody starts contributing what they think the weaknesses are. And I encourage everybody, don't be defensive. Take your ego off the table. It's great to know your weaknesses because now you know what to do to, to improve going forward. Opportunities, they're often opportunities that no one thought about uh, that are sitting right there to take advantage of. And then threats is interesting. I always find that to be the most interesting one of the four because threats haven't happened yet. So nobody really wants to work on them or do anything about them. I mean, why waste time, Sonny, work, preventing a threat that never even happened? You know, as I like to joke in 2019, I got our strategic plan completely wrong for 2020. So did Steve, so did our whole team, because we forgot to write down pandemic. We, you know, nobody knew in December 19 that by March of uh, 2020, we'd be dealing with pandemic. So in reality, you know, that's another great thing about strategic planning. There will be things that will happen that you cannot predict, but you will weather them far better and sometimes take great advantage of them if, if you have a good strategic plan. So the SWOT analysis is like having an extremely complex physical at the Mayo Clinic. I mean, it goes deep. You look at all aspects of the practice. We use a lot. Be, before you do strategic planning, we look at- a large GI. <laughs> exactly. And as you remember, Sonny, you sent us a ton of numbers and reports that we studied yeah. before we started the process because I like, I like to base the plan on real numbers. But if, when you finish that SWOT analysis, you have an understanding of your practice and your future unlike any you've ever had before. So, Steve, I agree with you. It's the most important part. It's also my favorite part. Thanks for listening to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee-for-Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.